Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bibles or smartphones or tablets, you want to follow along, we're in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20 this morning. And we're finishing up our series on Ephesians. We started it like the first weekend in September, and it feels like we have been... Well, walking through it, sometimes jogging through it, sometimes racing through it, but we are come to the end. And it's been a good series to remind us of the power of grace and the depth that the cross goes in terms of healing and our sin, of forgiveness and God's love, of what we have in him and how we can, uh, how we can uh, walk with him and walk with one another. And now we come to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And Paul says, I've told you all of this. And so finally, finally, there's one last truth I want to impart. Finally, here's what he says. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord's power. So that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. Be strong in the Lord's power so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. And he goes on to say the day of evil is coming because the devil is real and he's scheming against you. So what do you call a person who doesn't believe in God? An atheist, right? What do you call a person who doesn't believe in the devil? I don't know. A diabolus? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure if that's a word or not, but uh, there are a whole lot of people in the church who function as a, a diaboluses. They function as if there is no devil. And if you fall into that category, I hope I can help you understand some of the spiritual forces around you today. See, we, we live in a world that's very aware of cause and effect. We tend to think that if we understood all the physical realities of life and all the inputs in life, then we would be able to understand and figure out why things happen. But life isn't quite that simple. Now, I recognize that some of you here live in a much different world. Uh, you live in, you know there's a devil and there's a spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. For some of you, it kind of freaks you out. You try not to focus on them. Because when you start to focus on the devil and what he does, you start to see demons behind everything that goes wrong. That's not healthy or good. So you try not to think of them. I get where you're coming from. You don't want to see a demon behind every rock. Doing so is not good. So what I want you to see in Scripture today is it acknowledges the reality of the evil spiritual forces. And yet, just not focus on them. Because what's their call? Be strong in the Lord's power. So that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. I wish I could transport you to a group of pastors that I met in Ghana, West Africa. See, Satan's strategy in Africa is very different than in North America. In North America, Satan wants to keep his existence hidden so that people are unaware, and he works behind the scenes pulling strings. 
but people don't think about the fact that they're in warfare because, well, his work is hidden. And we don't know how to fight it. In Africa, his strategy is the direct opposite. His work is in your face, and he wants people to fear him. And his strategy is to have people walk around in fear. They do strange things to avoid being cursed. They worry about witch doctors putting a hex on them. There's a lot of evidence uh, when, you know, a powerful witch doctor would curse somebody that they would get sick and, and then a lot of antidotal uh, stories of how that happens. It's not unusual for a demon to manifest itself in a person uh, during a church service. So the pastors in, in Africa that I met with, they just learned to deal with spiritual warfare effectively. It was no big stuff. Weird stuff would happen. You know, people would start calling out in weird voices in the middle of the service. They'd just take them aside, cast out the demons, the service would go on. No big deal. It was just a part of ministry. Uh, the pastors there learn how to deal with it effectively. See, neither focusing on the work of Satan nor being oblivious to it is where you want to be. I'm hoping that as we look at Scripture this morning that you will see a middle way. I'm hoping that you will learn to identify spiritual warfare and respond appropriately. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Paul's assumption is that you're going to face what he calls the day of evil. Jesus had to face down Satan in the wilderness, after that showdown, here's what Luke says about Jesus. Luke 4.13 says, When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. An opportune time, that's a day of evil. Peter says, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, plows around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. All of us are going to face this day of evil. I don't, I don't think he's talking about one day in your life. It's more like seasons in your life, uh, where there's a season of evil or, you know, sometimes it just sneaks up on us and it just keeps coming. See, here's what you need to know about Satan. He's an opportunist. He's looking for the opportune time to move against you. He's on the prowl and he wants to destroy you. The thief comes to kill and steal and destroy that is his mission statement, and you're at the end of his mission statement. The thief has come to kill and steal and destroy you. The Bible acknowledges that we, we have struggles. And some of you get down on yourself because you have struggles. But the Bible affirms that as long as we're on earth, there will be these time of struggles. Those struggles do not make you a bad person. Those struggles often come when an inside weakness is attacked by an outside spiritual force. When the troubles of life 
come. And they hook into something on the inside where we're not particularly strong. And the devil sees that and he says, oh, I'm going to tempt, I'm going to oppress, I'm going to, to put some weight there. And he'll try to come against you. He's on the prowl. He's looking for someone to devour. Here's what you need to know. Life isn't fair. Some of your evil days will be more intense than others. And some of you will encounter more spiritual warfare than others. Your evil days will be uniquely tailored to you by Satan to push all your buttons, to find all your weaknesses, and to prod all those places where, well, he thinks he can get you. See, if you're insecure, he'll try to crank up the insecurity to the max. If you're fearful, then when outside circumstances hit that fearfulness, Satan's just going to try to crank up the anxiety. If the day of evil could come with bad news, when the doctor tells you you have something severely wrong with you, it can come in the form of grief, it can come in the form of the death of a loved one. It can come in the form of temptations, and when you give in to temptations, addictions. It amazes me as a pastor how often, well, I get windows into people's lives and how many forms the day of evil can take. It amazes me how devastating that evil, day of evil can be. I've had a few of those days myself where I was left dazed, confused. And often Satan's strategy is to, to ambush us. We don't really see him coming, and then it hits. And when that happens, you're, you're not given the opportunity to go back to the dressing room and put on the full armor of God. You're not given the opportunity to really go to the chapel and, and, and get... Prayer, it just hits, and it hits hard. Um, you don't get the opportunity to say, oh, I think I'll beef up on my righteousness now. You don't have the time. So Paul writes this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so, when, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We'll come back to verse 12. Verse 13. So that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground after done everything to stand. When do you put on your armor? You put it on before the fight. In normal times, when the battle isn't intense, that's the time to put on the full armor of God. You don't wait till you're in the middle of, our, uh, of, of the battle and swords are swinging and arrows are flying. If you don't have your armor on then, it's a problem. So when the horde of evil descends on you 
and they're swinging their clubs of anxiety and anger and hatred and fear and insecurity and jealousy and envy and temptation. And when it's all said and done and the onslaught has passed, you have had your armor on. And you're the one left standing. That's Paul's vision for you, for us. So the question is, how are you going to be ready for the fight? Paul sums it up by saying, be strong in the Lord. In a few moments, we're going to break it down by the different pieces of armor. But here's what I want you to know. It's all about Jesus. You'll know Jesus is our our salvation, right? He's our deliverer. Jesus is our peace, is what the Bible says. And Jesus said, I give you peace, not as the world gives. Jesus is our righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might know the righteousness of God. Jesus is who we put our faith and our trust in. Jesus is the truth. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It's about Jesus. It's about remaining in him, abiding in him, connecting with him, staying plugged into him. Because if you're doing that, all these other things about armor are going to come into place. You're going to fight well. And when you need him, he'll be there. But Paul helps us by becoming more specific. So uh, before we move into that, though, I want you to know who we're fighting. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Now, as I'm sure you know, Satan is not like God. He's not an equal to God. Satan is not everywhere present. So the way that he influences the world is by his demonic horde that spread throughout the world. Let me give you just a little bit of history. Before the world began, Satan was the highest ranking angel. He wanted to dethrone God, and so he led a rebellion. One third of the angels joined his side. Of course, they lost and they were tossed out of heaven. Those angels that joined his side called fallen angels now, became the demons. Paul says, our struggle isn't against people, flesh and blood. It's against those formal angels who have now gone to the dark side, the demonic hosts of hell. In North America, we find it easier to believe that our fight is with obnoxious people or challenging circumstances or problematic issues or character defects. And these things are very real. But those aren't the things that will devour you. Nor will demonizing those people, or circumstances, or issues help. Paul says they're not the enemy. They may be a tool in the hands of the enemy, but they're not the enemy. And I recognize there are some very difficult people in this world. There are people who oppress and hurt 
and make life difficult for people just because they can. And as difficult as those people can be and are, they're not the enemy. If you treat them as the enemy, what's going to happen is you're going to end up shadow boxing. You're swinging for shadows rather than for the real thing. Your enemy, while you're shadow boxing, is looking for the knockout punch. John Maxwell said life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to what happens to you. It's the response to the enemy of your soul that will allow him to deliver the knockout punch or not. Yep. It's, it's really painful when we're hurt by others. Some of you know what it means to betrayed, be betrayed. Some of you know what it means to be on the sharp end of anger, and rage, and malice. Some of you know what it's like to encounter abuse. It's painful when we're hurt by others. And the pain is very real. And you'll need to heal from those wounds. But what often happens to those wounds when we get wounded is that we start to believe a lie. A lie about ourselves or a lie about God. And that lie is... It's like an infection that gets in where the wound happened. And it spreads past the wound and gets into the whole system. The wound might even close over. Yeah, you have a scar. But the lie that the enemy implanted continues to influence your life. Often when we're wounded, we believe lies like, I don't belong. I'll never belong. I'm not lovable. Nobody will love me. I'm not worthy. I'm not, uh, I can't depend on anyone. I can't trust anyone. I can't let anyone close. God must think of me as a second-class citizen. God must be just tolerating me. God must be holding me at arm's length. Maybe I've been too bad for God. And while you get over the hurt, the infection of the lie continues to influence you. Jesus said that Satan is a liar and the father of lies, and when he lies, he speaks his native language. But he's speaking that native language into you, and it's an infection of the heart. And that's how he works in our lives. That's why we do set-free retreats. That's why we teach grow character. In these places, uh, it teaches how to deal with a lie, live in the truth. But it's far better to stand firm when the wounds are delivered And protect yourself from the evil. And I'm going to believe in the goodness of God even when I see people trying to hurt me. So how? 
How are you going to be strong in the Lord? Verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Let me walk you through this one verse at a time. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Truth. You know, as, as a believer in Jesus, the only, the only power that Satan has in your life is the power of the lie. Yeah, the only power is, but if he can get you to believe a lie, then that sets into motion all kinds of other spiritual realities, and he gets a beachhead and he keeps on going. Antidote, Jesus said, I'm the truth. You come to Jesus for what's right and true about you, about God. Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so if you've been caught in the web of Satan's deceitfulness, Jesus says, my truth is the counter to that. You don't have to stay there. I'll set you free. God's word is truth. Let me tell you this, your feelings will lie to you. God won't. You need to know God's truth. Apply God's truth. Believe God's truth. Breastplate of righteousness. There are two kinds of righteousness. There's imparted righteousness. That's when we ask Jesus to forgive our sins. He takes our sins. He gives us his righteousness. The Bible tells us we're it closed with robes of righteousness. So when God looks at you, he sees the righteousness that Jesus has bought for you. You are forgiven. You are cleansed. You're righteous. There's another kind of righteousness in the Bible. It's right action that stems out of the character of God. That right action is, is doing the right thing, doing what God would do. Your place. Serving one another, giving, sharing. Stand in the righteousness that you have been given by God. If you sin, confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Keep short accounts with God. Don't go, wa uh, go, don't go wading into your sin and wading into your wretchedness forever and ever. Come back to Jesus as soon as you can. Say, Lord, yeah, I blew it. Or I blew it again. And Lord, I'm sorry, and I need your forgiveness because that's where it all starts. Stand in your righteousness and do what is right. Verse 15 with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Jesus is our peace. He made peace between God and us. Um, you need to be swift and nimble on this one because Satan's desire is to drive a wedge between you and God. He'll lie. He'll, he'll pull you away. He'll distract. He'll do whatever he can so that, well, there's this wedge. And God hasn't moved. 
Well, you can feel yourself moving and just start to feel a lack of peace. When that starts to happen, push back into God. Know that God loves you. You know, the, you know Philippians chapter 4, don't be anxious about anything. It says the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. That's like a goaltender. It's like if you start to feel a lack of peace, okay, there's something going on. You need to do something in your heart. Verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Faith is not a feeling. Faith isn't the absence of doubt. Faith is not certainty. Faith is not some spiritual afterglow. Faith is a choice to act on what God has said is true and what God has said is right. Faith and truth work together. And if you choose to act out of what is true, I'm going to believe you, God, and I'm going to trust you. Even though I'm afraid, I'm going to choose courage rather than fear. Lord, I'm going to believe you and I'm going to trust you. Even when I feel insecure, I am going to choose to, to push into what you're calling me to do. Faith and trust go hand in hand and you choose to do what's true and what's right, even if you're not feeling it. You take up the shield of faith and when you do, what's God's promise? The lies that Satan is shooting at you, the infection that he's trying to put into you, the arrows that he is trying to fill you with holes with, they'll be quenched. Verse 17. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Salvation means deliverance. In the heat of the battle, when things are hard, and they've been hard for an, a while, Remember, Jesus is your deliverance. He's the one who is your helmet. God promises never to leave you nor forsake you. He's there in the middle of the dust-ups, and he will come through. God is always, always, always faithful. Doesn't mean that life always turns out real good. And, you know, life is not always sunshine and roses. But when things happen that are bad, God is still good. And you can trust him. He's faithful. He'll deliver you. And take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, he's not just talking about any word. He's talking about a word of God for your specific situation. If you're under temptation, probably not real helpful to, to recite Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Ah, no. But... It's probably good if you're battling fear to know Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord of God will be with you wherever you go. When you start to hear the promises of God, and then you start to know that they're for you because the Spirit of God has enlivened those promises, well, God actually does something. And that's the Word of God. It has a way of taking out evil. And then Paul moves on to verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all educations for all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Paul moves on from the metaphor of a soldier, but not from how to battle. He says pray with all kinds of prayer. Prayers of worship, prayers of confession, prayers of intercession for yourself, for others. 
See, prayer matters. If you're going to battle, prayer matters. If you're going to stand firm in the day of evil, prayer matters. Keep praying. Learn to pray. Learn to trust God. And then Paul says, pray for me. It's a reminder that we battle together. We fight together. We're not meant to be lone wolves. We're meant to be interlocking soldiers where we walk together in faith. Link your shields of faith together with one another because you're more effective standing together than you are alone. Having the sword, a lot of swords pointed at a particular problem is better than one. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. When life is good, when you're not in the middle of the war, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, and he will scheme. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And having done everything, having Satan throw his worst at you, having all kinds of trouble and bad news, having done everything to stand. People, you are warriors. Stand. People, when life isn't good, you're a warrior. Stand. I know there are so many people here who are going through so many different kinds of problems and issues or your friends are. Hear the word of the Lord. Stand. Let's pray. Lord, for everyone that has this day of evil upon them, be gracious, Lord, help them to stand. For everyone who finds themselves walking beside green, in green pastures and still waters, help them to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power now so that when the day of evil comes, they can stand. And having done all, when Satan is thrown his worst, that they'll still find themselves standing. And they'll say, it's by the grace and faithfulness of God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.